Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Wooten. We are truly glad that you're joining us for the show today. And on this episode, we are going to talk about how words are important. Shane, let's talk with you first. I need to know what's going on in your life. I feel like I haven't heard enough from you lately, and I just need to hear. I need an update, Shane. Mike, uh, life is good. Uh, Some may know that my wife, Melissa, was diagnosed with cancer at the end of last summer. We've gotten through chemo and surgery, radiation, just had her three-month follow-ups. Uh, the cancer's not returned. So that that's really good stuff. Uh, other than that, it's kind of funny, but when you go through something like that, the rest of the stuff kind of doesn't become quite as important. Yeah. And then on the other hand, we, we appreciate everything. So I, I would say right now I am in a stride of thanksgiving to God and living in deep appreciation every day. Well, uh, if we can just stay in this vein for a moment, and we'll get to the uh, content, maybe get a little lighter, but to be able... How can we be lighter than this, man? I feel like I just <laughs> took us down, right? I mean, right away. Well, yeah, you know boom. what? That's what's been going on. We just on got heavy. Yeah, yeah, you asked. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. no. No, Mike, I've been making balloon sculptures <laughs> is what I've been doing. <laughs> My big hope when I retire is to go into restaurants and make balloons as people try to eat. Oh, gosh. That's well, a little lighter, don't you think? Yeah, I yeah. just wanted to say to be able to watch, you know, a pretty close view. I know it's not the closest, but you and Melissa has been remarkable how you both have handled this. So I'm grateful um, just to be, you know, someone in your life and being able to view that. And I feel like um, I've learned a lot just from watching you and, and Melissa. So I just want to know that uh, I'm thankful for that. You know, Mike, sometimes we think our greatest witness is when life is moving up and to the right, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's this temptation when everything's going great to, to kind of your testimony kind of becomes like this. If you could be more like me, your life would be better. You know, <laughs> nobody wants what we've dealt with the last six months. Nobody wants that. And yet, even in the midst of a very difficult time, we would have never chosen for ourselves. We have found that God has been incredibly faithful. So when we witness to that and when we speak Words. We want to speak words of thanksgiving, words of gratitude. And we have found that in this difficult time that we have, uh, God has used us to be witnesses to his glory and witnesses always offered with words. Yes, it is. And speaking of words, that's what our subject is. Did you feel today. like I just delivered that to you, you Mike? You just put it on oh, the team for me, brother. Uh, and I, I grabbed something, <laughs> Shane, from uh, your professional site on Facebook, Rev. Shane L. Bishop. Uh, you always write some really good thoughts out there, blogs too, at RevShaneBishop.com. And you wrote a little bit something about watching our words. And so we'll just take people through some of this content today and help them. But as we started off, Shane, what is it that you would just like to say about why we need to watch our words? Words are powerful. I mean, think about this. In Genesis, you open up Genesis. How is the universe formed? Words. Words. God said, and there was. Words. Words are incredibly important things. And I think sometimes uh, in a society where we're very uncomfortable with uh, silence, in a society where uh, 
often introspection is something that we want to avoid at all costs, <laughs> right? At all costs. We surround ourselves with words and in their enormity, mm. sometimes we forget just how powerful that words truly are. So words are powerful. Yeah, Shane, and it pushes against the idea of, of too, just simply someone who thinks that they can say whatever they want, whenever they want, and it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, to your point, words are powerful. Okay, here's one of the first things that you say, Shane, is that people need to be careful not to speak carelessly and not to speak impulsively. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think this is really interesting. You know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, um, the, the prohibition about taking the Lord's name in vain has always fascinated me, Mike, because it, it all taking the Lord's name in vain has everything to do with words, right? What we speak. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we think that means don't use barnyard, barnyard language, don't use bad language and all of that. And, and I'm and I feel like this society uses horrible language. I feel like it's disrespectful, but that's for another episode. What this is talking about is is using the powerful name of the Most High God lightly. So, in a sense, taking the Lord's name in vain isn't hitting your thumb and screaming out a barnyard expletive. Taking the Lord's name in vain would be filling a pause by mm. saying, oh my God. Mm. It's It's... It's devaluing the weight of the name of God. It's using the name of God carelessly as if it were any other word. It's treating something holy as though it were ordinary. So for me, when it comes to words, uh, we must realize words carry great weight. And the Old Testament very specifically uh, was very, very concerned about how we use words, and God is concerned about how we use words. So we need to be careful not to speak carelessly, not to speak impulsively. You also say that we need to be careful not to speak in anger, Shane. Tell us more. I think it's tough in a society where so many people just talk to hear their brains rattle, right? And then we even tune in to radio stations where people talk to hear their brains rattle. I mean, you talk about uh, you talk about an enormity of conversation where people say almost nothing. I mean, almost nothing. That is sort of what we do. And with every time we dial into that, every time we participate in that, the weight of words just gets lighter and lighter and lighter. So words begin to mean less and less hmm. and less because they're just all in a chatterbox. So one of the things in a world where we never shut up mm-hmm. is what happens when you're angry. I, I used to joke with people who used bad language. I said, you know what? What in the world do you say when you're mad? I mean, you use every horrible word in the whole world in regular conversation. What do you say when what do you say when you're mad? I'd hold something yeah. back yeah. for when you're angry. But a lot of times people are in a constant state of talking. Yeah. And then when they get angry, that stream of consciousness just continues, and it's words spoken in anger that a lot of times suddenly take on a weight that people didn't see coming. It's amazing how anger can, you know, set a forest. Of, the tongue can set a forest of fire. You know, a small flame. Um, 
I try not to speak in anger by the grace of God, but also I try not to be in places where people who are speaking in anger, that I'm listening to that because I feel like it can actually stoke the anger within me if I in some way agree with maybe parts of the argument. Um, but yeah, anger, speaking uh, can be very dangerous. And I think, you know, part of part of what's going on as we talk about this is that, you know, like you said, words matter and um, that can take us into it. We may not think words matter, but it can take us new, into a place that we don't want to be. Well, you know, it, I always think of it like, you know, let's say you got a stack of bricks. When I was a kid, they had these bricks made of cardboard and you stacked them up. It was like a toy for kids. Mm-hmm. And, and they looked fairly much like real bricks. So imagine you're throwing these these cardboard bricks and you just throw them, throw them, throw them. You're just playing, throw them at each other and all those things. Yeah. But somehow a real brick gets mixed in there. And all of a sudden you throw that real brick and it it, it weighs 50 times more than those cardboard right. bricks. That's what happens with words when we get angry. Yeah. A lot of times we talk so much that words really weigh almost nothing. You get angry you know, and people always say, you know, well, I didn't really mean it because I was mad. Wrong, wrong, wrong. When you're mad, it's the only time you say what you really mean. Hmm. And the truth comes out a lot of times in anger because we lose our filters. And that's why that word ends up weighing 20 pounds. Yeah. And maybe in our minds, it should have just weighed one pound like the rest of our words, yeah. but it doesn't. So words spoken in anger carry disproportionate weight. I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you, but my great-grandma, Wu, Call her Grandma Wooten. I like it. I actually named her that, by the way. I was the first great-grandchild, and called, I couldn't get Wooten out, so I said great-grandma Wu. Anyway, sweet Christian woman from the South, had a great witness. Towards the end of her life, she was at the hospital on meds, and uh, you know she was saying things that embarrassed my aunt, her daughter, because she'd never heard her mom say anything like that before. But it did, to your point about how the filters come off. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced that with anyone before. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, and and so uh, those words were definitely have stuck with her that she heard her mama say those. And you know the other thing is, uh, I, we live in a day when the media keeps people stirred up. You know, it just keeps people stirred up because when you're stirred up, you keep tuning in. So they they keep people really angry, highly Mm -hmm. agitated. They ask questions that they never really answer, only promise to answer. Mm -hmm. And so it just moves people along. But it keeps people in a fairly uh, highly agitated state. I remember the old Rush Limbaugh show. Rush Limbaugh would say something completely outrageous, fire up his listeners they would call in completely off their rockers, and then he'd try to calm them all down. And so he made a whole show of doing this, you know, for years oh, wow. and years. And he fires them up, they go off the edge, and then he calms them down and speaks sanity to them. You know, and I think about that so much. But one of the things I've noticed that you do, Mike, and, and we've been around each other for a while now, but when you're frustrated, you tend to remove yourself, uh, which is really a whole lot better than than speaking when when you're angry. I, I've got a quote that I'll use on occasion. You know, I pity the next fool that decides they're going to yank on my chain because there is a point at which, you know, you just get frustrated and you can feel it coming. I think it's really wise to remove yourself physically, yeah. remove yourself from those situations yeah. because if those angry words come out, they're a mess. And, you know, to some of you, let's go to the next point. Once spoken, you can't get words back. Uh, they are out there. They take on a life of their own. And, you know, just to your point with me, 
I've been around places, especially when I was young, where people were saying things that I could tell were sticking with people, yeah. you know, beyond mm-hmm. just moving on. And so that kind of stuck with me. And so, and plus, you know, being in a pastoral position, you got to know it's a little, you know, more weighted with what you, right. with what a person says. And so if I really feel frustration, I will get away or get, you know, put myself out of that situation, take myself out of the situation because I know I won't be able to get the words back. Well, that's exactly right. Mike, for years, I played uh, about a hundred softball games a year. I was a shortstop by trade and, and I was a field general. I, I, I just, I understand the game and, and I was a field general. When somebody would mess up, it really frustrated me. Now, if you made a physical error, that happens. But if somebody threw in the wrong base, weren't hustling, that kind of stuff, I in those early days, I tended to get on people. I mean, I would tend to get on them. And what I began to realize was in those situations, they didn't see me as, let's say, the captain of a softball team. They saw me as their pastor getting on them about something that didn't matter. And one of the things I kind of had to to realize was that my because of my position, my words on the field had disproportionate weight. So when I got frustrated at somebody, I was they what they heard was my pastor thinks I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and what I was really trying to communicate is your pastor thinks you made a terrible softball decision. Well, that's very, very, very different. different. It is. And so I yeah. really kind of had to learn. I, I'm just going to have to be silent in a lot of situations. Or if I need to yes. talk to somebody, just do it personally. But kind of navigating around that. Because when you do get frustrated and when you do speak those words take on a life of their own. And like you said, you can't get them back. You can't get them back. Shane, you also said um, that words can hurt and words can heal. I think that's an interesting um, kind of contrast. What do you mean? Well, if you think about words, a lot of times our default is we go to all the times that words have hurt us, right? Because we live in a fallen world. We're all a bit fractured and whiny, right? I mean, all of us are. Mm -hmm. But words can also heal. How many times has somebody spoken the right word to you at the right time? Right. How many times have you been encouraged by hearing a word? Uh, when, when the Bible talks about God speaking, it's always a word from God that uh-huh. is given. Yes, yes. So one of the things I, I think we need to be very conscious, conscious of is that if words can hurt, and we all know they can, how much more? Yeah. Could words be used to heal, to encourage, to do positive things? So the weight, the force of words doesn't just have negative impact. It can have incredibly positive impact. Shane, as Christian men and Christian pastors and and just God and, and his relationship with us, you know, there's hurts that we've gone through. Like you could say there's a hundred hurts. Maybe we've been wrong, legitimately wrong yeah. in some in a lot of ways. One good word from the Lord, one good Lord through a word through a friend, it can bring healing that Absolutely. just covers up all it of those can. bad things. It's, and it can get you through. It can. Have you ever been going through a horrible time in life and you just got to hold of one verse <laughs> and it just gets you through? One word of encouragement. It just gets you through. It's amazing. Words are powerful, but do not be deluded by Satan into thinking words are only harmful. Words have incredible capacity to do good. They just have to be used and applied wisely. Shane, uh, this next and final point uh, really kind of comes close to my heart because I have young children. You said, 
Uh, adults who are careful with their words, they teach their children to be careful with their words. And I can't help but think about the example. I don't know where you're going with that, but just the example of adults being careful with their Absolutely. words is probably the biggest example or the biggest teaching moment uh, that a children can take from uh, their parents. I think one of the things we have to realize is that the things that are said to children stick. How many people are 70 years old and they can still hear their dad tell them, you can't do anything right? And he said it when they were seven. Those words just stick, man. Little kids, uh, they, they absorb that. Little kids are like wet concrete. Mm. You know, mm. what, 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 gets, what happens uh, has disproportionate impact on the rest of their life once that concrete sets. And so I think we all need to watch our words. And people say kids are resilient, and I guess they are. But uh, let me tell you something. They're not as resilient as we'd all like to think. It's mm. real easy to be a fool in front of your kids and then say kids are resilient. But the reality is we teach our children by how we act and what we say. Yeah. And those can have ramifications long after we have departed from this earth. You know, it's so hard, Shane, with having young kids because I could correct my daughters a hundred times a day and be right, if uh -huh. you will. Yeah. And so when when I correct them, how I correct them, also sometimes my wife corrects them. I don't want to team up on them. I don't want to call it a strategy, but there's an awareness I have to have. But to your point, and you know, I'm in a, I'm in a different stage with this. You know, I'm holding on to your words here that, in terms of uh, just being careful with my words, and then also just being a good example because that's hope. That's likely what's going to stick with them as time goes on. Well, it's tricky, Mike, because as I said before, we live in a fallen world. You don't have to teach kids to be bad. They they nail that all by themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to teach them to be bad. You have to teach them to be good. And so there's this constant nurturing, this constant correcting, this constant discipline. And, and I think we always walk a fine line with that. But it really happens with words. And those words do sink in. Those words do set in the concrete of a child when they become adults. And so I think we just have to be careful as we navigate. All right, Shane, uh, we've talked about the power of words. Do you have any concluding thoughts for us today? Over the weekend, I was driving to watch my grandson play a basketball game in St. Louis, and I had my granddaughter with me. And, and the skies just opened up. I mean, it was a deluge. Uh, it was just unbelievable. Visibility was about zero. I was on the interstate. Anything you got low in, you were in five or six inches of water. Couldn't see. It was horrific. Way too much traffic. People were pulled off along the side. I was afraid to pull off. I was afraid I'd get rear-ended. Right. And I was so cognizant of the fact I have my granddaughter sure. in tow. I was really careful, Mike. Mm. I was really, really careful. Mm. I was careful of what I was doing. I was careful of what was happening around me. I was at high, high alert. I just want to suggest that when it comes to our words... We need to be really, really careful because there's a lot at stake and we need to be at high, high, high alert at all times. Words can harm. And I would say every single person listening has been harmed by words. Words can also heal and words can encourage. And I bet you everybody listening has also had words heal and encourage them. I just want to suggest 
that we decide, decide that we are going to use words in positive ways, in ways that lead to life and life abundantly. I think that's a decision that we make. I think it begins with an understanding that words are really important things. Well, thank you again for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. If you'd like to hear more from Shane, visit RevShaneBishop.com. More from me, RevMikeWoo.com. Also, we'd love for you to share this podcast, review this podcast, wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast. Well, thanks again, and make sure that you keep the change.